Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're in Philippians chapter 4, getting close to the end, which in some ways is kind of sad, okay? Look in verses 10 through 13. Remember, we're studying the fourfold secret of outrageous, contagious joy. And contentment, we're learning, comes from an understanding of God's power. Our world is bent on convincing us that we never have enough money, enough things, or enough stuff. An army of unseen algorithms seems to know what we desire and what we search for and throws dozens of digital commercials in our pathways. If we adjust our telephoto lens on getting rather than giving, the impact on the way we work, we save, we give, and we play will be magnified for us to clearly see. The war between covetousness and contentment started in the Garden of Eden and has continued in hearts ever since. There are two familiar verses in this section of Scripture that we're pondering on today. And by the way, I love the word ponder. It it seems to take words like thinking, meditating, reflecting, and contemplating and wrap them up in one neatly gift-wrapped package. Okay, back to the two familiar and comforting verses, Philippians 4.11 and Philippians 4.13. 411, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is praising the Lord for loving friends who showed their concern for him even while he was in prison. He knew they would give or do whatever was necessary if they just had the opportunity to help in a practical way. He said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were careful, but you lacked opportunity. Paul did not want them to feel badly, but shared with them, not that I was ever in need, for God has taught me well to be content in whatever I have. I thank God ahead of time for explaining what I need when I need it, not too much or not too little. I I now know how to live on almost nothing and how to be thankful when everything is at my fingertips. Again, God has taught me through many precious prison moments the secret of living in every kind of situation. I know the feeling of a full stomach. I have also heard the growls of an empty stomach begging for something to eat. When God supplies plenty, I thank him for it. When God supplies just a little, I also thank him. Even though I know if I need more, he will send it in his time. Not that I speak in respect to want, for I've learned whatever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is saying, yes, I can be content with everything, all things, easy things or tough things. Not my own strength, but through the strength that Christ supplies. In context, Paul used these verses to describe how he viewed and handled life, both the good and the bad. Paul did not base his joy on what he had or did not have, whether he was hungry or well-fed. He still kept a smile on his face. His joy was not based on his personal comfort, the things that he had, uh, or whether or not everybody liked him. He was content with his God and what his God had provided for him. You know, sometimes it would be good for us just to just to take a walk and talk to ourselves. We should be willing to ask the hard questions that demand an honest answer. Knowing the example that Paul left for us and the power of the words, I can, through Christ, we should honestly search our own hearts. Things like this. What do I want that God has not already given me? In what way do I think that maybe God has been unfair to me? At what point will I be completely satisfied? 
When will I be able to be thankful for what God has given me rather than craving more and more? Am I discontent? Has my discontented heart stolen my God confidence and eternal focus? Covetousness is the enemy of contentment. A discontented heart results in a gloomy, morbid life devoid of all joy. Before we finish, here's two more God-inspired verses for us to ponder. And Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This verse is not to be used as a mystical rabbit's foot that can make us faster than a speeding bullet or enable us to leap tall buildings with a single bound, but it does give us the confidence that we can be content content in a discontented world. We can be content in a covetous world. I can't in my own strength. I can't in the power and the strength that God gives. Lord, forgive me, please, for my covetous attitude and my discontented heart. I can be content. I can't in my own strength, but I can in the power and strength that you give me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for this. Hey, guys, our time's up. But uh, remember, today is the day that the Lord has made. And we can be content all day. Why? Because he promises never to leave us or forsake us. But I hope that you have a really, really good day.